Time to get down to business. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. No Justin once again, but uh, we do have our eyes peeled. Yeah, looking for I, the man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's it's kind of ex- got me a little bit excited there with the death metal stuff, man. Didn't know we were going in on death metal that early, man. We are just doing an intro. Got your eyes peeled. Get your eyes peeled back. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Dried out eyeballs. Crazy. Looking for Justy. Yeah, maybe that's why Justin's not around, because you're talking about peeling back his eyeballs, man. What's up with that? I think he's, like, you know what? He's doing all that fishing. He's probably still yeah. fishing right now. It's rather cold outside. Mm. Yeah, you, well, some people do it year-round around here. Some people do it year-round in the Arctic, I guess. Who knows, man? I, I don't. I wouldn't know. Um, I, as, as soon as, like, it's not sandals and shorts weather, that's not, you know, it's not fishing season for me, man. I'm not hardcore like that. It's not even going outside season for me. Yeah, I you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a whole other story, man. How you making out? How you feeling over there, Tom? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. No complaints. Uh, still nothing to report though. So before I get talk about being an anime girl again, uh, how are you whoa, doing? Whoa, 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 whoa! 2022 is coming in strong, man. A lot of change going on here. All right, I'm doing okay, man. Uh, just chilling. Um, got some beautiful uh, Christmas presents in from supporters of the Heavy Hole Podcast. We're going to talk about that on the back end, though, but I'm feeling great. Um, Good. Uh, ex- exploring um, the possibilities of three guitars uh, with the band Reeking Aura. We, we've been uh, in the studio, hard at work on something. I don't want to spill too many beans. People who maybe follow the social media know where I'm going, but that was a great experience. So, so uh, Colin Marston... Again, good dude, cool. friend of the show. Colin's a man. Yeah. yeah so that's that was that man. Um, uh, other than that, um, playing a close to home on Long Island. Uh, you know, some other guys, uh, Long Island boys, um, playing a close to home. Uh, brutal death metal. They they might peel your eyes back. It might get weird. I don't know, man. Uh, that turned the video off on the Skype call when we interview them. Maybe just so it doesn't, you know, st- staring me down with the, uh, the, the, you know, the eye peeling thing. Listen, Jimmy and Pat from Needle Pusher, who you may have heard about lately because they just put out a huge release on Maggot Stomp. We're gonna get them on the horn. Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm joined tonight by my good friends Pat Hawkins and Jimmy Height of the band Needle Pusher from Long Island, and we're going to get into other projects they've been involved in, that sort of thing, too. How you doing, guys? Doing good. Doing good. Living the dream, bro. Staying <laughs> out of trouble. <laughs> All right, man. And, and Jimmy, this is, uh, it's like technically your second time on the podcast. I think you were on one of the first episodes, uh, the Obnoxious Noise Barbecue episode. I think we caught you... And maybe it was Terrell, if, when you were when you guys were, were both in Thetis together years ago, like one in the one of the first episodes of the uh, of the podcast. 
Yo, I honestly forgot about that until you just like, yo, you were on this. I'm like, what? Oh, it's like, oh. <laughs> yo, that was a good time, yo. I remember that. Yeah, it was- Out in the parking lot. Yeah, we got a couple of candid interviews. I think we got the guys from Pink Mass, maybe, and whatever whatever other bands were there, man. It was a good time. So technically, uh, welcome back to the podcast in, in uh, like the more formal capacity now. Uh, and Pat, welcome to the show for the first time. It feels kind of funny because you've been a longtime supporter and friend and uh, you know um, bandmate for some of my friends and things like that. The time is right. Here we go. (laughs) All right, man. Well, with no further ado, man, Needle Pusher from Long Island, New York, Abyssal Internment is the 2021 demo recently uh, recently making some noise um, being released by way of Maggot Stomp Records. Uh, No no stranger um, to to this podcast. We talk about a lot of the artists coming out of uh, the Maggot Stomp roster. So we want to get into Needle Pusher and talk about all that. But um, you guys know where I'm going uh, we'll get to both of you respectfully, uh, respectively, I should say, and respectfully. But, Pat, starting off with you, um, the typical Heavy Hole podcast uh, question, are you from a musical family or are there musicians in your family older than yourself or even people that kind of steered you towards rock and metal? Yeah, um, that's uh, that's a good place to start. So, you know, my, my dad growing up was always... He played guitar for probably, I don't know, decades. Like, started like a teenager like everybody else, you know. So, um, you know, he was not a metal guy, but I think that kind of helped me out in finding, like, a, you know, my own kind of angle with things, you know, growing up with, like, like Jeff Beck and, you know, uh, Steve Morse and Jethro Tull and, like, 70s prog music and, and blues and stuff like that, like, heavy on the guitar. So, um, come from a musical family. And, um, you know, the metal thing kind of came from there in a sense. Like, I always gravitated towards complicated music in a sense, um, you know, but finding a more aggressive approach and kind of went my own way with it. But, you know, in terms of guitar, that's like the foundation. Okay. Was your dad in uh, any any bands to speak, bands that would have uh, performed maybe original music or or played live a lot um, back in the day? Yeah, I guess uh, before me, like, you know, it's not metal stuff, but, you know, like, uh, I guess like blues bands, like Long Island, I don't know, like the 80s bar circuit, I guess. Whoa. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wild times. Hey. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, out there on this, I wish Justin was here for this, for um for, for that reminiscent right there. But, um okay, man, that's cool. So, uh, Dad gets into, into guitar and then uh, before we before we get too far ahead, uh, now I'm going to go to you, Jimmy. Same question. Are you from a musical family? Anyone older than you in the family that gets you into music or gets you into metal or anything like that? That So, like, my pops, he loves music. And, like, he used to play, like, all the, like, barbecues. He used to DJ. But, like, no one in my family ever really, like, played instruments. So I'm probably, like, the first musician in that sense. Hmm. But, like, no one ever really messed with, like, the rock and roll too much. Like, so, shout out to my neighbors. They put me on back in, like, 1999. And from then, I just, like, jumped, like, deeper and deeper into, like, the heavier stuff. And here we are. Okay, well, before we get into the heavy stuff, let's. Uh, your dad was a DJ? Yeah, like, he, um, he has, like, a crazy vinyl collection, like so much so many different types of music but like mm-hmm. nothing like too rock and rolly you know like you might have like some classics here and there but nothing like 
I don't even know. Like, I don't want to name drop anybody, but. Well, yeah, I mean, but mu- music is infinite, man. I mean, we're all adults here. We can listen to a lot of different types of music besides metal. I'm sure that that must have opened your mind a little bit at a young age. Oh, for sure. Like, spinning, like, Biggie vinyls and, like, Michael Jackson vinyls back in, like, 95. Like, that was eye-opening. And then, like, listening to Hot 97 and all that stuff. And then, like, going from there, like, my first, like, rock and roll, quote-unquote, band was, like, Limp Biscuit and, like, Kid Rock, you know? Like, <laughs> so, like... <laughs> Going from there, like, my first, like, metal band was, like, Hypocrisy, and, like, wow. just going, like, it was, like, an experience. Okay, so the neighbors turned you on to Hypocrisy? Nah, they, they put <laughs> me on to, like, Limp Bizkit and Kid Rock. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, because Hypocrisy's kind of, ra- like, it's kind of a, a random thing, you know what I mean? That's, like, somebody must have just had a Hypocrisy CD or something? Yeah, it was, um, I think I was watching, like a victory like records like thing on like it wasn't even youtube back then so i couldn't even tell you like (laughs) it must have been like a sampler or something because it was like 2003 when i was like getting into all this stuff and it went from like as i like dying song to hypocrisy hypocrisy song i'm like whoa like who is this like wow this is super heavy and then from there it was like at the gates then like people was like yo like because i was playing like online games back then like the swedish dude was like yo you listen at the gates and you don't know about suffocation like i'm like wait (laughs) what's suffocation (laughs) and then then learned about suffo and then like all the other heavy stuff like it was crazy wow okay man yeah, it's kind of like, you you know, you, you you learn that you're, like, uh, living on hallowed ground, uh, a Long Island death metal, man, when you get when you see suffocation and see what's up with them. I, you know, it's kind of my own experience, too, man, the hometown pride kind of thing with suffocation and even internal bleeding and pyrexia and so on and so forth. Facts. It's like you don't know, like, what you have until, like, people put you on. And you're like, wait, what? Like, this <laughs> is really, like, Long Island? Like, whoa. Yeah, man. So before we get too far ahead, then I like that though. That hypocrisy—that's that's an interesting jumping-off point, man. Uh, we don't hear that every day. Great band with a really extensive discography. They they twist and turn a little bit. I haven't heard their latest one. Have you? Nah, I, I, I like fell off honestly. Like I haven't listened to them in like years. Like I won't Fair even front. Well, like I said, they they kind of they switch gears a lot from time to time with their sound, and you know I respect them, but I I have they I know they recently put out an album. I've seen it in the press. I haven't given it a chance. There's been so much else going on, but um back to back to Pat quickly because we didn't really get into Pat's metal thing. Dad was a guitarist. He turned you on to rock. You have a um an ear for more complicated uh, music from that maybe. But where did things turn metal? Yeah, let me see there. So um, you know it's actually funny. It's like. You know, I might be anticipating a future question here, but me and Jimmy, we went to, like, fourth grade together in Bayshore, New York, you know? So, like, I remember that Limp Bizkit Kid Rock face, you know? Um, (laughs) 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 You know? And I think I might have went through the same thing a little bit, uh, probably around the same time. Um, But, um, you know, probably just, like, picking up shit like that initially. But, you know, then kind of went, like... You know, I actually picked up a guitar and I was like, man, like, there, there's not a lot to this. And I mean, it, it's cool, but, you know, kind of finding an ear for something like, you know, a little more substantial. Um, I I think I kind of went like the thrash metal route, you know, like Metallica's the big one, but then like 
fine in the solos and the, the riffs and Megadeth and Slayer and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Testament. Um, actually, speaking of Long Island, I guess Dream Theater. Um, mm, okay. You know, that kind of thing. Kings Park. Um, and, uh, you know, then kind of was like, this This isn't like still not enough. You know what I mean? Then it's like Morbid Angel you know get around the suffocation eventually and it's like whoa these guys are like also from right around the block and then that opens up a whole new world of stuff all all roads lead to suffocation uh, out here pretty much you know so <laughs> uh, all right so and pat i gotta ask you then um is it like in high school or like when when do you start um the band aberrated and just for the listeners, oh, that's, that's A-B-E-R-R-A-T-E-D. You can look it up on Bandcamp and social media for the listeners. Wow, you did your research on that one. That's, uh, I just I know you too, man, for a while. <laughs> that's <laughs> dead giveaway. Um, yeah, no, that was actually um, my buddy Vinny, who lived like right around the block from me in, in Bayshore, was a great drummer. And we were kind of like getting into the same type of stuff around the same time. And, you know, we... It's kind of funny because we we're just like making shit up that actually turned out to be pretty. I mean, for the you know sixteen or seventeen or something, pretty good and pretty fun, I think. And um, that's kind of where that went. But it was really just the two of us, like basement jams. <clears throat> he like ended up going to school for like sound production and stuff. So he was like early and buying a bunch of sound equipment and stuff, and you know playing around with that kind of stuff when we were still in high school. Um, and you know, that was really before the, you could get really good sounding demos with just like downloading Reaper and VSTs and all this kind of stuff, you know, I mean, maybe it was out there and I didn't know about it, but it was like, still kind of like analog slash digital equipment. Um, so, you know, we kind of tooled around with that a little bit and, um, you know, that was a good little project, but we never played out or anything like that, but it was a good way to develop playing music and practicing stuff and, like, a good creative outlet. Okay, all right, and, it, yeah, and, and it's definitely worth um, a listen for people who might uh, be familiar with your work by way of Needle Pusher and Thetis. Um, it's a project that predates that, and we will get to those. Jimmy, I just realized I neglected to ask you, though, um, is bass your first instrument? Um, we didn't really get into you playing playing an instrument. Um, take us take us down that road because you said you know though your dad was a DJ, there aren't a lot of instrumentalists in your in your family. Weird. So I got like a a starter kit from like JC Penny, honestly, hmm. like around two thousand and three. But then everybody on the block was like, "Oh, I'm playing guitar. I'm playing guitar," and then it was just like. It was kind of like when you're trying to like roll a blunt with people and it's like, yo, shoddy rolling the blunt. It's like, nah, at a certain point, it's like, you go ahead. Like, you could play guitar. And I was like, I'll play bass because like no one was trying to jump on bass back then. <laughs> and 2004 Christmas time, I got a bass and been rocking out with it since, like on and off through the years, like pick it up, play. And I'd be like, ah. But then, like, after college, like I tried to get serious with it, fell off again. But then, like I saw Pat and Vinny at a defeated sanity show, like in 2016. I was like, "Yo, Pat, like, put me on, bro. Like, I've been slacking for the longest. Like, we got to do something before it's too late." And then you put me on, and here we are. <laughs> so, 
Is that the origin of Thetis? Origin of Thetis? Um, that's that's like somewhere in the middle there, right? Okay, because well, do, let me ask. Let me put it this way: Do you, Pat, and Jimmy perform together in a band before Thetis? No, that no. was the first time we we linked up musically. Okay, all right, so. <clears throat> Um, we talked. Uh, we talked about Aberrant. You get your bass. Uh, so then let's let's talk about that a little bit. Because um, I remember Thetis forming. It's crazy because um, Thetis. Uh, we should just for anyone who might not realize T H A E T A S. If I got that correctly, guys. Um, yep. Uh, your long running band, um, Jimmy. You, you were a, a founding member. You're no longer with the group, uh, and you know we'll, we'll get to all that, but. Um, it's a, a very interesting, brutal band from Long Island. Maggot Stomp uh, worked with you guys putting out your full-length album, and um, people are it's highly recommended to people and all that. Uh, we actually had um, uh, Corey and Terrell on the show last year uh, representing Thetis. So t- take, take us from where we are uh, now in the story to um, uh, Aberrant uh, uh, getting together and recording you and Vinny and um, Jimmy. You got a bass and and you're, you're going back and forth with it. How do you guys end up with Thetis? And how do you, and tell us about uh, Nick and Terrell um, and Corey coming into the fold eventually too. Take me down that road. Yeah, so I'd say so. Okay, I'm like me and Vinny have our little aberrated project. We have you know some tracks. Um, you know, it was kind of on and off again. You know, we both went to college and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, Vinny eventually started looking to move out west, which is where he's at now. And, um, you know, it was always in the back of my head, like, I got to play music live. And, you know, started getting into, like, the really heavy stuff somewhere along the line, like Disgorge, Defeated Sanity. And, you know, that was kind of like the combination of, like, really intense really musical if you develop the ear for it but you know kind of the whole package with where i was at at the time um so you know it's like trying to figure out a way to do that and um you know i actually met terrell in college briefly um and so we kind of became fast friends it was like you know like i think it was like first week of school or something like i'm walking around with like a necrophagist t-shirt or something <laughs> you know dude walks up to me he's like oh you going to that show i'm like what like <laughs> you know i thought it was like all hard and stuff and you know there's uh found a found a metal fan in the first week or whatever and um you know so we kind of talked about music on and off and you know he turned me on to like anata wormed all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like getting a little more esoteric so we were always you know pretty tight musically then uh we, you know we always wanted to do something together it was kind of like me and jimmy it was like oh we should do something one day blah 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 and um i guess him and nick had been talking they knew each other i think through schwinger our friend nick schwinger yeah they had been talking yes, on and yeah. off again about starting a band and then somewhere in there me and terrell went to a guttural secrete show those guys were there too and it was like you know hmm. well you know we got the core of a band here like you know me terrell and uh nick on drums wrote a few songs Corey was up in the area too and you know great vocalist 
So, you know, the missing piece there was bass, and it was like, I got to reach out to Jimmy. You know, it's like first person I thought of. And, you know, that's when Jimmy popped in the fold sometime around when we were releasing that 2016 demo, I think. Interesting. Okay. Because you mentioned before you and Jimmy are from Bayshore, Long Island, uh, which is uh, Suffolk County. Um, not even You guys aren't really even close to the border. It's Nassau and Suffolk out there, right? You guys are in Suffolk County. It's in there, yeah. Okay. Correct. Okay. So, um, and the... Well, Terrell was Terrell is from Brooklyn. I know he's he's um you know he's he's staying elsewhere at the moment. But uh, the other guys live upstate, right? From Thetis, Nick, yeah. Nick and Corey. Yeah. So I was I was always curious about how that whole connection got made. That's interesting, man. Yeah, yeah. I met Terrell because um, I went to school just right over the border in in New Jersey, um, very close to the city. Terrell was there too, so that was like the beginning of this weird tri-state area connection yeah. um, all over the place. Was it was it really crazy and um, hectic to get rehearsals going and the logistics were kind of a pain in the ass, or did you guys just kind of, you know, once in a while you, you got it together and it worked? Um, Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some logistics in there, but, like, you know, we were, like, so hungry to mm. get some stuff going, and you know? So, like, I think we kind of all were fine with putting up with it, you know? And, um, you know, like, we wrote that first album uh, pretty quickly, I think, you know? It was, like, kind of like we finally got, like, a really good lineup. Like, we had all wanted to do something like that for a while, and it was, like, the mm. ideas came out pretty fast. Yeah. All right, man. And I got to ask, this is, when you met Terrell in college, that was, was that when he was, like, had just joined Buckshot Facelift, or was that even prior to that? That was before that. Wow. Okay. That was yeah, a long man. time ago. I remember when you joined Buckshot Facelift. I was like, oh, man, Terrell's in the band. Like, I, I got to catch up. I got to do something. Do you? <laughs> then I, I, all right. We're, we're not going to dwell on this all night, but do you remember the first time you met Fergus of Buckshot Facelift? How could I forget that? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I, do, do you really? Or. Um, yeah, I think I met him very briefly because, okay. you know, he was kind of a mythological figure and, um, yeah, he still is. Yeah, I finally same. met him and he was discussing a conspiracy of some sort and, mm. okay. uh, all right. you all know, right. I forget which one it's kind of confusing. We won't go there. <laughs> we won't go there, but all right. Well, because yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot with that. That was awkward. But at the same time, there's one story <laughs> I want to get your perspective on. Uh, do you remember the allegation that Buckshot Facelift spent a night in a blizzard uh, drinking absinthe uh, at Fergus's yeah. bequest? That's how you got the title, The Driver. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I th think that was pre-driving Terrell. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were both living in New Jersey. I wanted to go to the show. It was like the meat locker. I think that's where the song Don't Hang From The Pipes came from. Was it? Right? Yeah. Wow. You right. Now you did your research. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I can't forget that cardboard sign. You yeah. know? And yeah. I was like, wow, this place is fucking wild. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it was, you know, kind of a surprise blizzard on the way back. It was like, oh, we'll crash with you guys in the hotel. And, you know, Fergus and the absinthe was, was a pretty wild situation. 
It's uh, very memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. All right. Well, I just I had to bring that up sometime in the conversation. But we we we've talked a lot about the old school stuff, man. Um, and I gotta I gotta toss it back to Jimmy for a minute. Uh, let's talk about. Um, you, you know, you talked about the, the neighbors getting you into Limp Biscuit and then the hypocrisy thing. Let's talk about shows on Long Island because you guys are from a slightly younger generation than me. I want to know what were the because I, I think if I remember me correctly, like meeting you guys and seeing you guys around the first time, it was probably when Even Flow was a big deal because that was in your town. Correct. Yeah, it was like right down the block, yo. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah, man. And well, Pat, were you still in Bay Shore at that time or? No, I was already moved away, actually. And oh. then it was like, it was like, wow, like, a, you know, a metal spot was in my old hometown. Like, you know, I, I was back and forth a little bit because there was actually something going on. But it was like, man, I kind of missed the boat here. This is oh. actually pretty sick. It was a, it was a tight little era, man. It was cool. Yeah, there were some yeah. great shows there, man. All right. So, um... Uh, so and what and then like 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 Jimmy like I was saying take me there man like like what was what was your first death metal show your first underground death metal show Ooh, first underground death metal show that's it might have been Summer Slaughter at BB King's Wow okay uh, what year was that was that 05 or something Yeah. It was there 05 and 06 or something like that, right? I, some it was that era. I remember yeah, those those were some wild lineups. What were the Yeah, what, what back you, when like Necrophages was just like on top just like running it like good times. <laughs> wow. All right, man. Um and then we come up to we left off with uh, Pat, um, you hook up with those guys. You bring Jimmy into the fall with Thetis. Um, Jimmy, as we know, you part ways with Thetis. I don't know if you want to comment on that. Was it, was it logistics or, you know, we could even edit things. Yeah, it was it was all on good terms and everything. It was just like, for me, it was the logistics. Like, I was trying to, like, do different things at work. And it was kind of hard to do it with, like, losing a whole day effectively when we did practice. So I told the guys what was up and... Like, they're killing it, and I'm proud of them. Like, you know, it is what it is. Okay, man. And then Corey admirably picked up bass on top of vocals. I was, I was impressed with that. Um, I, I, now, take me through now, because now we established the backstory. I appreciate you guys being patient, because we are here to promote Needle Pusher with Abyssal Internment, your uh, 2021 Maggot Stomp release tape. Um, it's also available digitally. Let's talk about that, because Nick Santana, who people may or may not realize is a member of the Merciless Concept, um, uh, uh, kind of a, a very brutal Long Island death metal band that's been making noise um, for several years now. And um, sadly, Ethan Bloom, recently uh, deceased, um, also known for his work in Craigaloth, uh, Hagenty, and um, doing live session work with Pyrexia, uh, take me through the origins of needle pusher um out of that era of thetis that we were just in yeah so that is a good jumping off point we um i think i met nick initially playing with thetis probably at shakers probably you know it might have even been the same period of time as you know that first heavy hole interview with jimmy um 
you know, so sometime around there, we were playing shows. I think Merciless Concept was playing shows, and Nick was playing bass with them and stuff. And we hit it off pretty quick, just talking about, like, defeated sanity and suffocation. It all comes back to suffocation, um, stuff like that. And, you know, um, so, you know, turns out he's, like, a multi-instrumentalist, <laughs> just like Corey. He can, like, play everything and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, oh, let's play around sometime, you know. Um, and, you know, it's like very quick sort of easy chemistry on the music. Um, you know, our heads were in the same spot. So it was like, yeah, let's, let's do something, you know, um, like gotta, gotta develop this into something. And, you know, he had the idea of a band called Needle Pusher, like a really heavy, you know, kind of twisted, very dirty sort of sound. And, you know, I was about it, and Jimmy was in the area, too, so he was, like, you know, also, first one we thought of, it was, like, we already got the thing going with Thetis, so just popped in, pop in Jimmy. Um, that must have been around 2017, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so, we, we wrote some tracks, I think, I think we wrote the four songs on the CP around that time, um got that going um and you know we uh it was like you know who's who's the right fit for vocals and stuff new ethan from around uh you know thetis did a, a split with Hagenty actually like the other band that he was he was doing live at the time uh with some friends of the band like eric and rock and roll gas station and those guys and sam of course you know he's always around and uh you know so uh, we knew him from that, Craig Aloth too, and then saw him live with Pyrexia. I think that was a tour you were on too, Will. And, you know, I remember I went with Terrell to see you guys, and Ethan picked it up and was like, wow, this dude is really killing it, you know? So asked him to be in. He was looking for something exactly like this, so, you know, fell into place. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's how this lineup came together. Yeah, um, yeah, Ethan, um, may he rest in peace, man. Uh, sadly, uh, people may or may not realize he's he passed away very recently. Um, and yeah, we, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I did the first half of the tour and he, he kind of picked up and did the second half of the tour because Pyrexia's vocalist couldn't uh, uh, do that particular tour that year. And um, I, I'm, you know, I would, I, I've been saying this. For, for a while now that Ethan, uh, you know, like, like def definitely um, blew me away in terms of uh, uh, the vocals, man. I, you know, I, he, he picked it up and um, he was a very talented death metal vocalist. I, I really respected his game in terms of death metal vocals and what he brought to it. And uh, it's really great that you guys have this needle pusher release now with um, uh, him and his, uh, and his prime on it. Yeah, man, for sure. You know, um, you know, it really sucks. He's he's not around to see it, and you know, we were all very devastated by that news. But you know, I'm glad we can get this out and people can hear it because you know, it's he did a great job, and you know, it definitely speaks for itself on that front. Word up, long live Ethan. Yeah, absolutely. Rest in peace to him. And that being said, um, uh. You said 2017. It took a while 
for you guys, respectfully. It did take a while for you guys to get in there and record this and get it all out there. Um, would would it be unfair to label this a studio project? Um, it, I wouldn't say it's quite a studio project. I think we played like one show before. Uh, sure. Before pandemic twenty twenty. Um. So. Well, that you, you know, and it's sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm not to interrupt. I feel that's an unfair question on my part with the pandemic. You're right. No, no. Um. You know, we. I would say it's almost like a back burner project. We, you know, we kind of aim to keep it local and, um, you know, we all have like crazy work schedules. Um, Nick's working at night right now. That's, you know, he couldn't make it tonight. So like, you know, we're all over the place and it's kind of like a slow but steady kind of thing. Um, you know, and we'll probably, we'll be looking to do some shows in the future sometime. Um, we have like almost a whole album worth of new stuff written. So, Still moving along, and not a hundred percent studio project, but you know we're not going on any world tours anytime soon either. So somewhere in the middle there. Okay, f- fair enough, man. Yeah, you know I apologize. Uh, yeah, there was I, I no, don't no, no. I don't think I worded that the way I wanted, but um, what I'm getting at is because I do know you guys behind the scenes a little bit that you guys are busy with work and other uh, obligations. Obviously, um, you you were very busy with Thetis, uh last year and. Uh, you know, there's no signs of stopping with that. Uh, so with Needle Pusher, I kind of knew, you know, some of the reasons why it, it took a while to get it out there. Now, that show that you played, was that, uh, that you said that was slightly before the pandemic? Yeah, I think that was... Uh, was that Rams? 2019? Rams? Yes, 2019, I think. Yeah, that was at Rams Place. That was uh, like Ronkonkoma or something like that. Middle Island somewhere. I think it's further out than that. <laughs> I think it's, oh, like, man. I think it's <laughs> in like Holbrook. It's further out than that. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Ra- Rams, is, Rams is, I mean, even Flow was a special era. Rams is a is a different era. <laughs> but I still love, I got, oh, love, yeah. <laughs> I got love for Rams because they keep, they keep uh, the, you know, the underground alive as far east as you can get pretty much um, without getting into the, the Red, uh, shout out to the Red River uh, in out there. Oh, yeah. It's like the furthest yeah, east you can go it. for death metal. Yeah, they're, I, they're having something. I got it. Uh, we will announce it on the show. Greg, um, Greg Lehman sent me. They're going to have a big show at the Red River Inn uh, coming up in January, and it is a benefit show. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll be sharing that on social media and so on, man. Um, oh. But yeah, that's. I'm just talking about you know far out east venues and all all that sort of thing, man. So very Long Island band, uh, Needle Pusher, and that that brings me to you know you said Nick wanted to start a band and call it Needle Pusher. Um, the elephant in the room here, obviously, with a name like Needle Pusher, that's kind of addressing the o- opioid epidemic. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, I think like, you know, a place, you know, a lot of places out there, but definitely Long Island is one of them. You know, I don't know, like it's it's a real problem, and uh, yeah, you know, I just wanted to have like a very sort of realistic uh sort of dark feel with this you know keep it very real um you know i think that's the attitude we're coming out with this yeah um it it's absolutely something that's all you know all over the place now it's a big deal and um you you wonder what what could be done and what's being done and especially on long island here too man uh, so with that in mind Getting to the band uh, lyrically, aesthetically, uh, you know, I remember, you know, 
years ago when you guys first popped on thinking it's it is a brutal and realistic concept we recently had dan gates from the band ton uh mutual hostility and he plays more technical death metal but with that kind of social commentary angle to it um is that what you guys aspire to and would you say that that might be influenced in some way by the hardcore scenes proximity here on long island um and the influence of hardcore and even hip-hop here in, in new york uh, you know in terms of like lyrics and, and being more real oh for sure we're definitely a product of our environment in that sense like it's kind of hard not to be like it's everywhere yeah definitely okay um and now i'm just trying to trying to think more you know i I don't try to be respectful about the topic because it is a difficult topic to talk about but with a band like you guys taking it head on have you ever had any uh pushback or anything you know somebody that's taking it the wrong way maybe thinks that you're glamorizing it in some way i don't think we got that one yet um you know, I was a little concerned about that. Like, I, I definitely hope no one thinks that. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe, Jimmy, have you heard anything like that? Nah, as soon as I see the name, people get hyped off it. They're like, wait, like, it's about drugs and shit? And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess so. Like, if you want to put it like that. <laughs> They're like, yeah! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we're lost. No, well, I, I think it is something that a lot of people can identify with. I, you know, I know a lot of people who are excited about the band locally because it's not just gore or Satan, and it kind of addresses something we all deal with. I'm not going to call anybody out, but I know people like in our local metal community who we all know who've had issues with um, family members and relative, you know, relatives and friends and all that sort of thing. I've known quite a few people, man. Um, it's tough, man. So. Uh, now, pushing past that, you know, talking about the actual sound of the band, I said this before um, to you guys, I think, personally. I don't know that I've said it on the show, but it sounds like Long Island. Um, it's You guys are a Long Island band, but you sound like you've kind of like maybe maybe it's more of like a next generation of groove oriented death metal. Um, so. I'll ask it with this in mind. Bands like Suffocation and, and, and obviously Long Island and New York bands could be an influence, but let's talk about like Disgorge, maybe Devourment. I don't know. What are some of the bands that you guys got into? You mentioned Wormed before. What are some of the like, quote-unquote next-generation brutal bands that I might not be thinking of when I think of your slam-oriented, groove-oriented style? Yeah, I would say like, you know, all the bands you just mentioned, like... um. 7H Target was something I was listening to a lot uh, at the time of writing this stuff. Um, you know, like a lot of Willow Tip bands, you know, like that type of very brutal but a little weird type of style. Um, you know, malignancy um, mm-hmm. for crazy but also local kind of a thing. Um, you know, uh, I feel like the sound kind of comes from like. Uh, like, my approach is very guitar-oriented, like, thinking a lot about, like, where the melody goes, um, making sure everything fits in that sense and everything, and, you know, like, I read a lot of this stuff with Nick, and he's coming at it from a very rhythmic angle, you know, so he comes up with these grooves that I would never think of, like, I mean, he's also making, like, beats and stuff, and, you know, when he has yeah. the time, so, you know, he's got, like, like you mentioned, hip-hop influence before, like, it's kind of meeting in the middle of those two ideas. And, you know, I think that makes it pretty unique. Um, you know, um, let's see. 
I feel like I'm missing somebody. I, I don't know. Jimmy, you Shout take out to Inherit Disease, yo. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Okay, that well, see, that's what I'm looking for. Um, kind of more of a deep cut that I don't think, you know, every, like, much respect to Discord's California, but, you know, we all, like, we all know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Inherit Disease isn't one that comes up every day. Yeah, Inherit Disease was a big one when we were coming up with this stuff. Um, you know, um, what's another one? Like, Condemned also. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, Realms of the Ungodly sort of, sort of time period. Um, you know, I know that was a big influence on Nick. Like, he saw them at New York Death Fest and came back with a bunch <laughs> of ideas. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, okay. Stuff if, like that. Like, New Standard Elite was starting to have an influence yes. on this when they first came out with all those, you know, like, ecchymosis and all that really wild shit. Yeah, man, because it's, it's crazy. You know, I, I still... Um Sometimes I have a bit of an outdated mindset uh, in terms of um, brutal death metal, and uh, so I don't want you know I'm not trying to play the Will's old guy card or whatever like that. But uh, sometimes those of us who grew up from a certain generation, like we still think of things regionally, and it's not like that at all anymore, you know. But it, sometimes it is, but it really isn't, you know. Yeah, things got even crazier with the internet too. Like it's so much content out now; like it's yeah. so hard to keep up. So, Jimmy, tossing it to you then for a minute, um, Pat just talked about the songwriting. He mentioned that Nick, uh, his, you know, comes up with these kind of beats. Um, he, you know, he produces beats in his spare time, and he, and he comes up with a lot of the rhythms and writing the music. As a bass player, um, take us into that experience. What, what's it like when you come in? Do, do you write all the bass lines? Um, and uh, how is it working with Nick as opposed to maybe your time in Thetis or other projects you've been part of? Yeah, so I'm responsible for the bass lines, and I'm trying to get saucier with it, like trying to pop some more wheelies. Like, so by the time the album comes out, it should be like a little bit more wacky. Like, because I know we get a lot of like references to like Defeated Sanity, and I'm no Jacob yet, but hopefully soon enough, we'll, you'll be like, hi, I see you over there in the cut, Jim. Okay, okay. But um, working with Santana versus Criffo. It it's definitely an experience because they're both amazing drummers. Like Nick Criffo and Thetis, like that boy could blast for days. Like and like his like rolls and like he's very like jazzy with it. I feel like I don't know if he's like trained in jazz or not, but like he could definitely just like break it down to like some like dang like we need some martinis for this kind of beat. Like all right, like Pinky's out, <laughs> but Nick Criffo like. <laughs> That's like rush hour on the LIE, bro. Like, it's just like, yo, get like a 40 ounce of like the blackest coffee you can find. We're going full speed ahead. Like, get out of my way. Like, and it's just like, yeah, that's that Long Island shit right there, bro. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> yes. So it's definitely two different vibes, and you could definitely hear it. And if you can't, I hope you take the time to like listen to both projects and you'd be like, all right, I think I get it. And if not, just keep listening because you'll get it. Hell yeah. That That is the most Long Island thing that's been said on this podcast in a while, sir. I applaud that. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I, I love that. And is Nick a Bayshore guy too? I think he's more like a Patchogue, uh, 
Ronkonkoma okay, axis, okay. if you will. <laughs> that, that, that axis, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know who is a Bayshore guy? Uh, shout out to Keith Harris, my drummer in Afterbirth. He's, I forgot. His, we ran into him at fucking Seven Eleven on the way to a show one time. <laughs> okay, that is the most Long it. Island thing that's been said in the last five minutes. <laughs> Crazy. Yo, I saw him in IHOP too. Yo, it was dope. No, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, he's always a good, good-natured guy to run into, man. You know. Yeah, man. Spotted him in the wild. All right, let that guy. Yeah, <laughs> shout, yeah. Shout to I'll be, I'll be seeing him at rehearsal, man, for the holidays. Um, shout to him. So, all right. So we talked uh, Needle Pusher. Um, as I said, just to plug again, Abyssal Interment is the four-song uh, demo available digitally on cassette. Presented my Maggot Stomp Records. Um, what about plans uh, for future recordings? Uh, things like that. Yeah, man. So um, we got like. Like most of a full album written, and uh, you know, like a lot of it actually, so you know, maybe half of it, those songs are even a few years old at this point, too. So, you know, it's getting the newer stuff to that same level of tightness, and then coming up with a, a last couple of tracks to, to call it done, and you know, just demoing it and making sure it all flows together and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's in the works. Um, and uh you know no no dates or plans really set in stone at the moment but it's moving along yeah you know i think like we were saying when we talked before um uh it's it's a really nice sentiment to let this uh demo be released and um to 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 breathe and to enjoy this moment um out of respect and in tribute to ethan and his contribution to, to needle pusher man so like i said this this four song release is out now for people to check out um, and as you guys have in the past, uh, you know, you will take your time um, to, to make moves in the future, it sounds like, right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, as far as the music that's on the demo, too, or the EP or whatever you want to call it, like, um, that was very much like us coming up with what the sound of this specific band is, you know, with these people and writing with this mentality. So, you know, it's like a classic first release. Like, I think we have our own sound, but we were finding it while while writing these tracks and i think the new stuff is even darker and you know mm. a little crazier even and you know finding its own direction that i think we really settled in on i i hear you man i've, I've been down that road with you know kind of finding your sound as, oh, a, I'm as sure. a band yeah i've been down that road many times <laughs> i'm going down that road with a few projects right oh. now <laughs> there's a funny story actually that um we were talking about like stuff we could you know little stories we have and uh there's the f- yeah first song on the EP is also the first song that we wrote, um, and uh, you know this is a for me this is like a little different mentally too. So it's like you know this and Thetis are both brutal death metal bands. So um, I got a seven string guitar that I wanted to use on this one. So just like it's physically different, puts you in a different mental space, and you know to kind of separate out the two bands, but. I was really not used to it when we first started doing this. So, like, the first song kind of sticks to those first six strings for the most part. And, like, uh, we were writing the Thetis album, so that stuff was also in my head a lot. So it kind of sounds like that. And, like, I remember Santana showing up to a a Thetis show. He's like, man, I can't wait to hear that track. And he starts humming it. I'm like, dude, that's our song. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) 
you know, it's like some of it always cracks me up. But it's almost a Theta song, um, you know. And, you know, that's where we started, but it ended up somewhere different. Well, fair enough, man. Um, yeah. Any any other uh, anecdotes you guys came up with? Hello? I got you? I'm trying to think of some. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We got to have some. <clears throat> no, no, no. I'm not putting you on the spot. I really yeah. I really thought I might have cut you guys off for a minute. Um, no, no. Um, it, it's all good. You can think for a minute if something comes to you, it does. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've had you guys on for a while now. Um, we talked about the, the history and the future of the band and where you're at now with this current release. Um, I just want to ask, are there any other projects? We talked at length about Thetis 2. Um, uh, are there any other projects that either of you guys have in the works or anything that you want to plug or promote right now? Uh, you you plug your stuff? <laughs> I was going to say, when's uh, Big Jim Holla coming out? I've been waiting for those freestyles for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm an aspiring <laughs> content creator. I go by Big Jim Holla. I had a Pokemon diss track coming out, but I kind of slept on it. But um, Cubone, you a bitch smoking on your dead mom's, you little bitch ass yo, smoking Marowak all day. I so, knew uh, something. Wow. Keep, keep an eye out for that. We we, we smoking Cubone's mom's all day yo. Otherwise, keep an eye out. BigJimHollow.com coming soon. I'm on Twitch, YouTube. Trying to blow up the TikTok, all that stuff. Whoa. Otherwise, I bought a guitar, so um, trying to delve into other projects too. So, I'm trying to trying to like broaden my horizons, you know. What? Okay. I wish you luck with everything you just talked about. I don't know what some <laughs> of that was, but I now I'm just trying to do a podcast. Am I going to be able to drive around Bay Shore now after you what you just said on the show? <laughs> oh, Cubone, yo, Cubone, yo, Cubone's a. Don't worry about that, yo. Okay, all right. I I don't know what I I I, wasn't... I, I got you in Bayshore, yo. You big homie, yo. Okay. You voted in Bayshore. All right, You're nice. Good. All right. I, uh, love any it. beliefs expressed by the people interviewed or not? You know, we we know you're not responsible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the right. disclaimer before. You don't got to check in when you come to Bayshore. You good, bro? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shout out to my people at Bayshore Bagels, man. I, that's good to know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll skip the line next time. I'm good. Um, I, I'm I'm kidding, but um, uh, uh, Pat. Um, same question. Anything else you got going on besides status or two bands is enough? Yeah, um, let me see. I got a. Well, it's funny you mentioned Aberrated because, you know, we. This is like pure studio project, but um, we have some stuff that Corey's been kind enough to put some vocals on. Um, Like old tracks that we re recorded and touched up a bit. And I don't know. Like, I think that'll be pretty cool. And we'll we'll drop it hopefully next year sometimes. Um, Yeah, I got a. There may or may not be a very secret black metal project, but, uh, you know, uh, those guys will come after me, so I'll, I'll cut that there. Okay. And, um, wow. <laughs> gee, gee, what, are you guys, what are you guys into, man? This is crazy. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I got this other, uh, this other studio project that, you know, it's also been a long-term project that I worked on with this dude, Kyle Linderman, who uh, he played in Disgorgement, actually, with that was from Jimmy's first show with Thetis. We met him, 
and um you know he's like a really great bass player who writes really wacky songs too so um you know we have an album worth of that stuff that should be coming out next year too um you know so a couple of studio projects but you know as far as band goes it's pretty much thetis in this as far as real dedicated bands fair enough okay and um just closing out then uh, I, I, you know, I always ask uh, guests of the show, you guys can each take a turn and please recommend one older and one newer album by any band you like, just for us and the listeners. All right, so check out Splattered Entrails' latest and last EP, Oswary. That's heavy as nails. Oh, R.I.P. to that band. Yeah, I miss those yeah, boys. Really. That hurt me. That hurt me very deeply when that band broke up, man. But respect to the all respect to all four of those guys, man. For real. Shout out to Stabbed. Them boys had a crazy year. You ah, need to get yeah. familiar with them. Oh, yeah. If you're not familiar with them, like they're going crazy right now. Yeah, they're I and, um, uh, I allegedly uh completely tried to steal all of their clout and just started started a side project with every member of that band it's crazy <laughs> i'm just i, I feel totally worth it yo i feel like uh what's that guy uh bait um birdman from cash money like i'm just taking younger artists who are hot and just kind of just trying to like <laughs> squeeze all the juice dry to like a vampire for my own career no i'm sorry no, I'm, I'm joking i'm joking but uh but but all right but jimmy what else what what's an older release you might want to recommend Older release, but I've been spinning like crazy. Well, how about this? What's a what's a hypocrisy release that that you would um, recommend, man? Uh, I don't want to say penetralia because that's like. I feel like that's just like meme Like it's just like, oh, you you like like the old stuff. Oh, you're cool. But, it, but it's a sick album. <laughs> it is. That's what I'm saying. Like it's pretty heavy, and it's. I feel like that's them, and then they start like branching out and doing different stuff. That's that's sad. That uh, that in this day and age, a young man would be uh, afraid to be me. Afraid it's meme to to recommend that album. And you know what? I, the same thing I feel like is going on with like. Uh, the the first three Morbid Angel albums and old Bolt Thrower albums, it's turning into a Mimi thing to to even talk about them, you know. For real, it's like with all those bands, like with like if you say like you like Internal Bleeding and you're like, oh, you like the first few albums, or do you like the newer stuff? And like, of course, everyone's gonna say like the older stuff more than the newer stuff. But like, is that disrespect to the new stuff, or are you just like? Like you said, like, are you just, like, used to the things that you grew up with and, like, you vibe with more, you know? Yeah. So, like... Yeah, people, I, I think, as you get older, people tend to, like, really identify with the stuff that, that they liked when they were teenagers and in their 20s, you know? And you might still have an open ear to newer things, but, you know, you're, you're always going to go back to those classics. And, and you know, like, like bands like Internal Bleeding, I, I feel like they've kind of stayed... Like their their last few albums, you know, they're they they realize that they have a younger audience out there because those guys go on tour with a lot of bands. They play for a lot of younger fans in addition to the older fans. So like, 
you know, they, they there are younger fans whose favorite album is going to be like the last album, you know what I mean? Or the second to last album, you know? It's just like, there's just different generations. You stay in it for like 30 years or whatever they've been in. There's just different generations, you know? So it's, it's, it's what I, I, I get what you're saying. And um, I, I think that it's just a matter of like, there's probably people younger than you guys. Not that you guys are super young, but you know, to, to me, you guys are younger, but there's, there's people younger than you guys who probably think, what was the last one? The, uh, corrupting influence you know there's people that are like that's the best album you know so it goes it goes around for real but, ah, that's definitely true i feel like we're kind of me and jimmy are kind of in between you know and uh i don't know we're get, i'm getting to that point where like all my favorite stuff is like the same favorite stuff that i had for a long time <laughs> <laughs> so you know lose hard to keep up that's where I would be at without the podcast. The podcast keeps me kind of reeling in new music and trying to keep my ear to the streets for what's going on in the underground. Without that, I would be very much, you know, in my own little, you know, bubble of death metal. But enough about me, Pat. I did. I, I don't believe you recommended your stuff. Yeah. So I was just, I was thinking about this all day, and I had to look up the name of the album, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> um, Church Burns' uh, new album, Genocidal Right. I've been listening to a lot. Um, yes, you know, I feel yeah. like there's a lot of new stuff that came out that's just awesome. But if I had to pick one, it's like, I mean, this is actually kind of taking it back too, because one of my favorite bands getting into death metal was Vital Remains. Yes. So, you Ooh. know, just hearing Dave Suzuki come out with a new band with, you know, kind of a different style. It's like a doom metal thing. Um, but, you know, they kind of through that lead playing like you know he and his new stuff helped me get into doom metal a little bit more and opened me to that while like kind of keeping it classic for what i liked so it's a sweet album and um you know we actually played with those guys one of the times we played when Corey was on bass and thetis and um you know those guys were awesome and uh when they came through new york so you know that was a good memory and i saw they put this out and you know kind of all over it lately it's a it's a good one okay um and the, i'm sorry you, did you give me an older one no try no. wait you trying to duck me over here pat what's going on buddy <laughs> <laughs> old one um you know i've been listening to mostly is uh I feel like this is a little underappreciated classic, but um, Alchemy by Ingve Malmsteen whoa, has whoa. been like, yeah, and it's not death metal. And I was trying to think of something today that I don't think anyone else would say. I think that's it. Um, All right. You know, it, it's it's fucking sweet, and like it's mm. it's almost up there with his first couple of records. Um, he brought back Mark Bowles from Trilogy on on vocals and. I just discovered it earlier in the year, and it was like, man, I had no idea this guy had great albums in, you know, 1999. <laughs> I thought it was like 85, and that's it. But, you know, really sweet stuff, like a lot of good tracks on that. And, you know, people kind of like to knock in for being all over the place and shreddy and doing the same thing all the time. But, like, I don't know. It, it's good. Like, I'll take it. It's classic power metal. Awesome. Really great guitar. That's that's all you need. Awesome. I love that. I love when you get into an album from kind of an off era when an artist wasn't as hot, you know what I mean? Like when they but they were still putting out good stuff. There's a lot of stuff like that out there. 
Yeah, it's like you look at his stuff and it's, you know, the 80s is all great. 90s was rough for the old power metal guys like him. And all of a sudden, like in the middle of it is like, you know, it like could have been plucked from 10 years before. It's it's awesome. And, uh, you know, underappreciated classic. 100%, man. Okay. Um, got it out of you, Pat. And, uh, <laughs> Jimmy, I got to come back. You were talking all that crazy stuff before, man. To, give me like a... Um, uh, let's let's talk let's let's talk hip hop real quick, man. Give me like an old and a newer uh, uh, rapper to get into or a hip hop album or something, man. Uh bro, I, my hip hop tastes now are so terrible, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I just been listening to so much drill music, and like I feel like it just like affects my mental sometimes. Like I'd be like thinking I'm one of these dudes, like, <laughs> and I'd be like, yo, man, you better. You better humble yourself, bro. Like you better remember, you ain't no gangbanger, bro. <laughs> wow. But like, we gotta hold, hold you back. It's tough. For real, yo. Like wow. th- these drill artists, bro. Like they be on fire, bro. Like their bars are so good. But like, I'd be sitting there. I'm like, I can't play this music in my car, like, cause mess around. Like I, I could get hurt. Like wow. I'm not trying to, you know. But they, they be doing their thing. But old school hip hop. Like definitely Biggie, like um, Tupac, um, Three Six Mafia. Did you did you happen to catch the Three Six Mafia verses with um, uh, Bone Thugs that just happened? Nah, they they they. I don't know. I mean, it didn't look staged, but they 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 got into a big fight and argument with each other. People were like, I think somebody threw a bottle or something. I saw all the Instagram stuff afterwards, yeah. but I didn't catch it. But like, I didn't know like the context of it. I was like, "This is why we can't have nice things, Joe." <laughs> <laughs> three, three Six Mafia, very popular with the death metal community, in my experience, man. A lot of death metal people, when you talk hip hop, bring up Three Six Mafia. I guess the subject matter, you know. Is the subject matter like the the beats? I feel like like they're they're mad like. I, I guess they're kind of just as groovy sometimes, but they're just like gritty too. Like, mm. I don't know. There's something about it. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. Um, good shit. So, uh, that being said, man, we got your recommendations. We got the, uh, J- Jimmy, slow down with the drill. Slow down with the drill music a little bit, buddy. Put in a little heavy D. Yeah, I've been listening to like Kelly Clarkson and stuff again, nah, bro. Like, lie. I'm out here, like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. taking it easy. Nah, just a little like old. Trust me, dude. I'm gonna be 40 next year. Put in a little heavy D. All right, it's it's all good. Everyone, okay, okay. Yeah, he's positive. He's it's he's got a message. It's good stuff. Anyway, some big pun maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he oof, big pun. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting back into the AKs and the and the and the Rugers and everything, man. Whoa, so bro! It's... I can't avoid it. It's just it's just that lifestyle is just so appealing, man. It's something man. about it, but I know I'm not built for it. Like, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, that's that's how I feel about a lot of um, like Discord's Mexico's lyrics. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I just I know I'm not Antimo. But, you know, we can all live that fantasy escape life through music. That's the beauty of what, of what we do. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys, man. Um, Pat Hawkins and Jimmy Height of, uh, of Needle Pusher, man. We appreciate your time and joining us on the podcast. It was a great interview. Any final uh, – I'll give each of you guys take a turn each. Any uh, parting words for fans of your music and listeners of the show? Thank you for having us on. Thank you for checking us out. Contents on Bandcamp at – Thetis.bandcamp.com. 
and needlepusher.bandcamp.com. And uh, keep washing your hands and stay out of trouble. And hopefully we can get back to show soon. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having us on. You know, thanks for everyone who checked it out so far. It's been awesome to see this start to take off. And uh, yeah, well, like Jimmy said, hopefully we can get out there again next year. I mean, you know, we'll see you soon. Absolutely, man. I'll, hopefully I'll see you guys sooner than later. And it was great to talk to you guys, man. Have a great evening. You too. Have a good night, everybody. That was our interview with uh, a straight-up Long Island band, Needle Pusher, man. Very proud to have those guys on the show finally, man, share their story. Um, really enjoy that EP. And rest in peace, of course, to uh, Ethan Bloom, their singer. Um, Tom, now, moving forward, uh, I talked about before, uh, we have a very generous uh, listener who provided us with some uh, holiday presents, a little boutique of things this year. Let's uh, play this voicemail. To uh, yeah, the, put a little context. Yeah, we'll let you meet the man. Hey guys, Jan from Stuttgart again. Hope you are doing good. And for the end of the year, I have the best recommendation in death metal I can give you. And it's from an Austrian band called Disastrous Murmur. And the album is called Rhapsodies in Red. It's absolutely killer. Every track is killer, no filler. And uh, I absolutely love it, and everyone I uh, recommended this album to loves it too. So better check it out. You can get it on Bandcamp, and you should better do, because it's an absolute masterpiece. I wish you all the best for the end of the year, and um, have some great free days with good food, and um, I wish you all the best for 2022. And all the listeners, of course. All the best from Stuttgart. Bye. All right. Jan from Stuttgart, Germany, calling in with the ill-disastrous murmur recommendation, uh, 1992's um, uh, Rhapsodies in Red. Jan does not lie. This is a sick release. Checked it out today for the first time, and he's damn right. Yeah, and thanks to him, he actually gifted us this on uh, Bandcamp. We got to look into that too. Uh, we got so, so one of us is going to redeem that. It'll be it'll be a beautiful experience. But um, great album, nonetheless. Uh, and like, like you know, he summed it up: all killer, no filler. Yeah, that's for sure. Really uh, cool, kind of old school. I, I said this about the a band we talked about like like last week or two weeks ago, but kind of a cool old school Sepultura vibe going on there. The way they blended the kind of crossover thrash, hardcore guitar work. Um, they a lot of times they would stay on a really cool thrash riff and break it up rhythmically different ways, man. And uh, through and three through and through, though, also like a, a classic brutal death metal record that might even be a little bit ahead of its time in terms of brutality, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. It has like a chunky quality that that, that pushes it more like sonically into death metal, but uh, very, very much so staying thrashy. It's it's a good one, definitely. I, I need to give it another couple spins because it's still new on me, but I really liked everything I heard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's a name I've always seen around, and uh, a friend or two of mine has had some of their releases over the years, but not, uh, admittedly not something I gave a fair shake to until Jan brought it to my attention, so we thank him, man. Like I said, really catchy, cool guitar work that was kind of, kind of old, like based in old school, but it wasn't straight up old school death metal. There was a cool, brutal vibe there, and um, uh, Jan was also uh, generous enough to provide us. He sent us. Now we don't solicit merchandise uh, or gifts of any kind on this show, uh, and typically that's not uh, going to get any. Uh, that's not going to get you an interview or get you exposure on this because we don't want to have a full P.O. box full of tons of stuff that bands send us and um, they're not getting any money for They're spending money to, you know, save it and, you know, do that with guys who promote shows or labels or somebody or sell it to fans, you know what I mean? Um, From an underground perspective, I just don't want to seem like I'm grifting or anything like that ever, you know what I mean? Uh, But um, Jan was kind enough to provide us with a little care package of some of his uh, bands that he was formerly involved with. Um, One was, I hope I pronounced this right, uh, Rad Massacre. R-A-D-E-M-A-S-S-A-K-E-R. Rad Massacre with the Primitive Death Attack CD. There were copies provided for all three of us. Um, So we'll we'll put that in the time capsule for when we find Justin. Definitely. And this was a cool release, too. I checked it out. You had sent me a link on YouTube. Um... It's it's like a, a grindcore inspired by Motorhead songwriting. It's really, mm. uh, it's like good in the pocket, like groove. I wouldn't say groove because that word gets bastardized too. But in its purest form, it grooves hard. Mm. True. Yeah. Definitely, man. It's it, and it was. Um very like distorted bass uh, driven music. I don't know that there's a guitar there or there's guitar parts to speak of. Um, really, like it says it all in the title, "Primitive Death Attack." I think that's what you you know that kind of describes it more than anything else, man. Really cool shit. Um, highly recommended. Brutal. Sounds almost metal of death and gore grind a little bit, man. At different points. Um, really cool shit. I love it. Whoa. I got to admit, this is probably my personal favorite of all the stuff we're going to talk about now, Care of Yon, was this miscarriage, uh, peace, uh, justice, murder, 
LP. He sent us uh, a, a few vinyls, um, one you know, one of which I'm going to keep in my collection and cherish. This is really cool shit. Jan playing, uh, Jan, Jan Rademacher playing uh, bass in this. Um, a really cool band, man. Did you get a chance to check this one out? Yeah, I checked that out too. I um, You sent me the link. I, I also really enjoyed this. Um, perfect amount of thrash. Kind of very similar to the uh, Disastrous Murmur kind of vibe, but uh, very... Very different voicing, which I appreciate. Yeah, well, I got to say what what did this for me and what made this really interesting for me is that musically it was right in that pocket of kind of uh, death slash thrash, like, you know, late 80s, early 90s uh, death metal that was rooted in thrash and had a very musical, almost progressive kind of flair to the songwriting. There was a lot going on and it was super tight, but the vocals were very hardcore. Um, and it, it just, it reminds me, it's in a way it seems futuristic to me because it reminds me a lot of where I think some of these younger bands might be going now, combining the crossover hardcore and death metal in the way that they are nowadays. Um, it's, it's just an interesting dynamic going on that I haven't heard. And even going back, I don't know that these guys, these guys, you know, kind of bucked some trends doing this, or at least some, uh, traditions in death metal by having the vocals be more hardcore, I think, with the music being more like, uh, comparable maybe to your, your more progressive death metal bands. Hell yeah. No, I really enjoyed listening to this. I got to give it another spin, but, um, this very generous care package from Jan, so I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, and this is, by the way, uh, Miscarriage, M-I-S-C-A-R-I-A-G-E, one R, Miscarriage with one R. There's another, there's two Miscarriages from Germany. This is the one that's distinct uh, by having one R, their album, Peace, Justice, Murder. Okay, so big shout to uh, Jan Rodmacher from uh, uh, Stuttgart, Germany. Um, that's what he said, right? Um, calling I believe in. so. But um, like you claim so many times, my pronunciation of foreign languages is questionable. Mine too, because we're from Long Island. Uh, just like tonight's guests, though, man, everybody gets it. This was a Long Island episode. Big shout out to Jimmy and Pat from Needle Pusher for discussing all things about their band and their new EP and their plans for the future with us. Uh, shout out to the other members of the band, uh, Nick, and of course, Ethan Bloom. May he rest in peace. Um, uh, good guy. I'm glad to have known him. Uh, respect to him and, and um, condolences to his, his people and all that. So, um, shout out to Needle Pusher. You can look out for them and their latest release, Abysmal Interment Everywhere. It's been out um, and it'll be out. And we're going to keep our eyes peeled for them in the future, man. Um, <clears throat> Tom got me all on that eye peeling tip now, man. That's kind of weird. I don't know. Well, you don't need to do that with fish. I think that's where I was getting at before, and I forgot. No need to eye peel. Yeah, I might want my ears peeled if you take me to a fish concert, man. I don't know about all that. It sounds weird. Do they still play, or is it like one of those things where it's like one or two guys doing solo projects? I, I don't know. I, I I have a couple friends who used to go to their New Year's Eve concerts at Madison Square Garden, oh, oh and they, convinced, they, they were trying to convince me to go to this. And I'm like, uh, guys, I don't want to be uh, dead for the new year. Yeah. I, I'm not into it. 
I know it's probably a great experience for those who like the fish people, but it's just not for probably a lot of fans of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't know, man. Should I go to a fish concert, man? Should I should I tr- try that it's in my life? I don't know. We'll see how open-minded I get in the future. But for now, uh, Happy New Year. I wouldn't bet on it for 2022, and it definitely didn't happen in 2021. Uh, you can go to heavyholepodcast.com. Yeah, I just blew the ending of the show, Tom, because uh, I, I didn't plug heavyholepodcast.com. All the links are there <laughs> to support us on Patreon or to leave a voicemail uh, or to do all that stuff. Um, suppose, you know, Follow us on the social medias. We're on all of them, or most of them. Uh, we're not, there's a few sketchy ones I don't think we're on yet, man. <clears throat> but no, um, we are not on Gap. Yeah. Gab, that I, one, the I free speech uh, uh, toilet bowl. I, yeah, I don't even know what that, <laughs> that is. But we're not on. Uh, we're not on um, uh, Christian singles, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> we're we're no on J date though. We it, are on J date. Oh, okay, man. Yeah, that's that one is a, a not sanctioned by Big Will uh, officially, man. But anyway, man, uh, heavyholepodcast.com for all your wants and needs, Heavy Hole Podcast related. Uh, we appreciate all of your support as we go into the new year. Happy New Year to everybody, uh, Needle Pusher, and all the bands that we've interviewed in 2021.